Built for me and glory 
That's an old one, really. It makes you, that one gets you going, does it not? Good morning, Sunset Hills. You already said Happy New Year? I did. Did you really? Say it again, say it again. Happy New Year to you. How about Merry Christmas? Is it still Christmas, right? Right? Yeah, it's Christmas spirit. Our family was not able to get together on Christmas Day that we had planned because we had some sickness going through the family and we decided to delay it a while so we got together for yesterday and and had our christmas and big dinner and with all the family and whatnot and so i'm still in the christmas spirit so you know forget the happy new year i'll do that next year let's do merry christmas today so turn around and tell somebody merry christmas there you go all right So, hey, it's good to see you. It's good to see you here on this uh, last day of the year. Can you believe it's already 2024? Hard to believe, is it not? Looking for a great new year as we go into this coming year, and we're just looking for God to bless in so many ways. Today's your first time to be at Sunset Hills. Thanks for coming this way. We truly hope you've already felt a warm welcome from our folks, and uh, if you haven't done so, then please come see me because I'll give you a hug or something. We'll make you feel really at home, okay? Uh, but we're glad that you're here. If you would, take a moment to uh, stop by the kiosk out there and fill out a card, that, just a little information for us so we'll know a little bit more who you are. We won't pry too much into who you are. Just give us some information. But you can also do it by texting hi to that number that's on the screen there, all right? I want you to be seated just for a minute. I want to read something to you. I received a text, and you guys can have a seat too if you want to. And uh, I, I want to read a text to you that I received this week. And it's a long one, so just bear with me for a moment. Hey, Pastor Steve, Officer Chapman here. I'm currently in Mississippi right now with my family, so I apologize. I won't be there Sunday keeping the church safe. But I assure you the church is in good hands, which we feel very confident about that. On the drive home, the big man above put it on my heart to say something to you in the church. And although this is something I usually don't do, I feel this is an act, this is an act as a move of God, and I would do this for the sake of touching another soul because of that, my only request is that you, you read this message to the church, which I'm doing now. I have a good feeling about this one. Last week I was sitting in front of the police station with my head buried into my cell phone for about 20 minutes. An outsider could look at me and say, Officer Chapman isn't working. But they don't know that Officer Chapman was short on his rent this month and was sitting there for 20 minutes trying to figure out what extra job can I get? How many hours can I work to see that I have enough to not only pay rent, but to give my son Noah a basic Christmas, if that meant working on Sunday. A man, Pastor Steve, pulls up next to me. He was, he was an important member of Sunset Hills Baptist Church. I hope I still am, <laughs> Officer Chapman. And he, well, I just, hold on here. Uh, he asked me how I was doing, and of course I said, 
Uh, the normal thing that most men say that needs help. Good. This man says, okay, and hands me an envelope and tells me Merry Christmas. And here's the touching part. He doesn't know, but I got teary-eyed when he left because I'd been telling him before this incident that I would have to work on Christmas because of the gift that uh, he gave me that day. Uh, I was able to spend Christmas teaching Noah how to ride a bike, this, uh, to ride his new bike. With the new year coming, with the new year coming, I keep losing, hold on. With the new year coming upon us, I don't want to end this year without expressing gratitude to Sunset Hills and the Nolensville Police Department. I've been a part of Nolensville for a little over a year now, and I must say, it's been a tough one. One of my sisters who lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, was murdered and the killer is still at large. In that same week of my sister's death, my aunt, my mom's sister, died in a house fire. A few days before my son's birthday in November, another aunt, my dad's sister, passed. In December 27th, another close cousin passed. I don't say this for pity. God gave me a fighting spirit, but times have been tough. Coming to Sunset Hills helps heal the wounds. You guys are so godly, and by godly I mean welcoming and warming. To be able to come into a place... To be able to come into a place without feeling judged or used. I feel a part of a family. I will end this by saying 2023 has come to an end to the men, women, and children of Sunset Hills Baptist Church going to 2024 with the intention of becoming the blueprint of what God created you to be. Also want you to know to continue to be godly. You never know what impact you have. It would come in the form of happiness from a child who receives a new bike or the joy of his dad who gets to be there to teach him how to ride it. We never know what sort of impact that we're having on someone. We never know as we come in contact with folks as to what they themselves are going through. And all of us, a lot of folks know uh, Donnell pretty well, and I had no idea that he had lost so many family members over the past year. And so we're grateful. We're grateful. I'm grateful to you that you've reached out to him in so many ways and was able to bless him with a little something as we did some other officers in the police department uh, this year. So I'm grateful for that. So you just, we just, I, I read that because he asked me to, but also just say thank you. Thank you for being a church that cares, cares about people. And what a good way to start out the next year with his challenge to be the church that really touches other people and try to be there for them. Thank you for being here this morning. Let's pray. Father, I am grateful for this day. I'm grateful for your love and blessings that you shower upon us. We don't deserve them, but because of your love, you continue to bless us in so many ways, and in that, you give us an opportunity to turn around and bless other people, and we're grateful for that. And, and may we bless them in so many ways, through being friendly, through warmth, by caring, most of all, Father, by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, as that is the greatest gift that's ever been given to mankind, and we're grateful for this season that we've had to just spend time celebrating that gift.
And Father, we celebrate who you are through our time of worship, music, worship, and preaching. Would you just use today to bring glory to you in a way that honors you and, and just pleases you in so many ways. May you just bless what we do. I'm thankful for this church, Father, and I pray that we continue to make a difference in this community. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now let's go ahead and please stand up and let's continue to worship.
old song from the 80s, but the, the truth is still relevant today. Let's lift the name of the Lord up today. Singing how 
Today, as we continue to worship you through spoken word, God, I just pray that you would get the glory here, that you'd be pleased as your truth is spoken. Let us, your people, receive that and apply it to our lives. We love you. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, worship team. That was a beautiful set of worship. My name's Eric. I'm one of the pastors here this morning, and I'm just one of the pastors here, period, so there you go. Um, Not just this morning. I hope not just this morning. That would be just sort of tragic. Um, You know what was neat on that slide as uh, we were worshiping with that last song, Kelly, was um, when I was going to California Baptist University down in Southern California in Riverside, and Rebecca, you'd you'll know this, that there's a little hill there called Mount Rubido. Mount Rubido has a cross that looks just like that. And uh, people would make their way up to Mount Rubido and uh, just have those moments of uh, reflecting, moments of confession perhaps, moments of repentance. Um, you know, and it was not just a, a, a hill that people would jog and run on, which is common for folks, but it would be a place that was a beacon to the valley of the San Bernardino Valley and beyond. And so it was neat to see that. And that cross is reflective of one that uh, Steve and I had the chance of actually when we went to a pastor's conference earlier in the year to see out in Cookville where my friend um, who pastors a church called the River had put on the side of the interstate. So if you're ever going towards Knoxville and you see on the right-hand side heading out to Knoxville a huge cross, that's uh, the River Church and my friend Steve Taboo who pastors that church, I went to seminary with him. And so it was neat to just be able to see like when you picture that and you're singing that, it's not just songs that we sing, it's about a savior who really came to do some perfect work for sinners like us as the, as the songs were reflective. So thank you for selecting those songs and for us to worship. Well listen, um, if you have a Bible uh, or your Bible is maybe on your phone or a tablet and stuff, would you go to uh, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, five? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and just kind of earmark that for a minute because we're going to be in that. I'm going to study that uh, that text with you and we'll take a few minutes to unpack that in just a second. But this opening verse is a verse I want to just kind of kick out here for a second and then I want to ask you a question. And I'm a teacher preacher that likes to have feedback. My, my household is a household that's big and robust and it's always just sort of a lot of people coming and going and so, you know, we we are okay with just being able to talk to one another and maybe that's not your form or your tradition, but it's okay. I'm gonna ask you a question or two in just a minute. Would love to hear your response, but I wanna kind of earmark this passage here, this verse in particular to the passage that we're gonna study this morning. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And as we're on the eve of this year, which could be a struggling year for you, it could have been a great year for you, um, we're looking forward with anticipation as a church to a new year, right? Because again, what, one thing we do know is that the gospel of Jesus Christ transcends every year. The gospel of Jesus Christ, it transcends every year. And so what do we do as Christ followers when we know that we're closing down a particular year to look forward to a new year? What does that look like? So my question is this, is how many of you actually do New Year's resolutions? Don't be afraid, and maybe you call it something else like Kelly told me this morning, he calls it goals. Okay, so you rename it goals, whatever you wanna call it. Nobody does resolutions in this? There we go, thank you for the honesty. So like in your New Year's resolutions or your goal setting, what are some that you, that you hope to achieve in this new year? 
Lose weight. Anything else? Memorize some scripture. Pray more. Anybody else? Trust the Lord. Trust God. Anybody? I'm sorry? Read? Write a Bible study. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So there's resolutions, and a lot of them that you just mentioned are actually not are the normal resolutions that people make in culture. In fact, 50% of people in culture, they make resolutions more around the losing weights, more around getting in better shape, working out, physical things that we want to attribute to be able to get to be a better person. Getting better rest is another one. Um, with COVID that happened a few years back and the downturn of that when it came to isolation, mental health became a big issue. And so mental health has been on the rise of those resolutions that people want to make to be able to improve. Um, reading, you know, some of us who aren't readers would love to read maybe a book or two or more. Um, how about spending time with family and friends, better quality time with that? Of course, in there, in those percentage breaks of resolutions made are things like finances, being able to pay off some debt, save some money, put cash in a place that's gonna make some more money for you. And those are kind of the resolutions and the goals that I think are good in and of themselves. But the ones that were mentioned earlier too, those spiritual goals, those Christ-honoring goals, those are so good for the Christ follower. And so if I can just kind of call your attention towards you as a Christ follower, if you are in Christ, this New Year's resolution for you, this new goal is that you're a new creation. And I wanna remind you of that because sometimes you can go through a whole year and get beat up by that year and need to be reminded in the scriptures by God himself to say, no, I made you new. You're a new creature, you're a new creation. In fact, when I was talking to my son Levi about a week and a half ago, I said, hey bud, you know there's a lot of messages out there. What are some of the most important messages or maybe what do you think is one of the most important messages? And he says to me, he says the gospel. But he says, it's not just the gospel, Pops. He said, it's the implications, if you will. It's, it's the things that come from the gospel. It's the things that are gonna change your life in that gospel message. And that's the new, creature, uh, the new creation that I think Paul is trying to get after here in this passage that we're gonna look at this morning. And when we look into this passage, I want you to realize that I wanna break this down into four different parts, okay? And I'm gonna use some things that um, I've been familiar with in the past. So I was a baseball player, I was a coach for baseball, and um, so I use baseball terms, I like stats around baseball, and so I'm gonna just continue to carry that tradition on from California here to Tennessee. And I'm gonna give you this message in four parts, and it's gonna be, you're gonna be uh, on deck, you're on the on deck, circle so it's an observation time so when you're in the on deck circle you're taking a look at what's going on in the field and then you're going to get in the box with me and in the boxes we're going to go ahead and unpack the text when we get into the text I'm going to give you some things in the text that I hope that you'll find helpful to you and then we're going to go ahead and get on the bases and we want to work our way around the bases not just stay on first base we want to get all the way around all of those bases and that's our application time and then I want to help bring it home to us to be able to kind of close out what the message could be for us and use all that application. So we're gonna be doing those kinds of things as we work that through. So let's go ahead and be on deck for a minute. That verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17 is an on deck verse. The big idea that I want you to hear from today's sermon is this, that the ministry and the message of Christ transforms your life into a new creation. 
The ministry and the message of Jesus Christ transforms your life into a new creation. So my question is this. Over this last year, have you allowed the ministry and the message of Jesus to transform you into being a new creature and a new creation for him? And if you haven't, what's in the way? And what do you need to do in the new year to be able to adjust that so that you can be living as a new creature, as a new creation for Christ? as a member of this church, maybe as a person who's been coming and visiting our church and looking for a church home, we are a church that definitely loves to live in the transformation of Jesus. And so what are these ways that we can go about doing that? So if you would, would you go to 2 Corinthians chapter five, and it was interesting how we were talking earlier in our worship time just about the the glory of what's to come. Well, this is where this passage sits in 2 Corinthians 5. We're gonna start in verses 16 through 21, and I'll come back to some of the verses before, but if you will, um, would you just listen in and follow along? I'm reading from the ESV translation. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ Jesus reconciled us to himself, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Man, underline that part. Be reconciled to God. You can hear the appeal from the Apostle Paul. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God blessing the reading of God's word. Would you pray with me as we get ready to study? Father, thank you so much for this time of our worship service, Lord. Thank you not only for the reading of your word, but the unfolding of your word that will impact the heart that's here in attendance or those who are online joining us. Lord, we thank you that your word does not return void. And so this morning, God, I just pray that as we've worshiped you, in song as we have gathered here in this this place on this beautiful Sunday, New Year's Eve, that Lord, you would be now doing that internal work in each and every person's life, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, and their lives here. Lord, whether we're far away from you or we're right near with you and we're on fire for you, Lord, that today this word would be able to be a transforming word a word that can give us hope for the new year, objectives and goals so that we can set our eyes upon you. And God, if there's anybody in this room that is still seeking the claims of Christianity, Lord, may today be more evidence for them to be able to make that faith step in following after you. So I love you, hide me behind the cross, Lord Jesus. I just thank you for your word and the ability to be able to teach this morning in Christ's name. Amen. So the, the second letter of, of Corinthians, it's authored by the Apostle Paul, and there's been discussion about this letter in its two parts, that there might have been a third letter, and perhaps even a fourth. 
but we don't have those. They were lost perhaps if there were those, but there's evidence in both of the letters that could have been a third or fourth. And that's not to say that the Bible then is incomplete. So please don't hear that. Like just because those letters could have been lost, it doesn't mean then, oh, see, the Bible then isn't authoritative and true. No, everything that God wanted to bind in this word of 66 books contained, it's perfect and it's for our benefit and, and his glory. But I just wanted to let you know that these letters, especially this particular one, was in a culture in the first century in Greece there uh, with, that was very progressive. Paul, who wrote the Second Corinthians from Macedonia a year or so after writing the first letter on his third missionary journey, he took this letter through this missionary journey to Asia Minor. And I put a map up here just so that you can kind of get a, a little bit of a shot of what that looked like. You see Corinth over there to the right and it's in that Greco-Roman world of Athens, a very progressive area where Rome, of course, had its influence, its trade routes, being able to go east. And then, of course, in the Asia side of that map, you see that where that's Paul's starting journeys of churches planted in Ephesus and Laodicea and Colossae and uh, um, Pergam and, and, and uh, Troas. And then he went up and around to Macedonia and he was planting in Philippi and Thessalonica and stuff like that. And what was cool about this is as he was in uh, the missionary journeys of planting churches, um, this particular place in Corinth in Acts chapter 17, Acts chapter 17 is where you can find a lot of that discussion, Paul happens to go in like the good missionary that he was. So just imagine like him going into Nashville. And he's not just going into Nashville because he wants to go hear a latest country western artist though you have many, and there's many things to do in Nashville, but he's there to also observe carefully what are the idols of the city, what are the idols of the culture. And in every place all over the world you have that, and the observation that you as a Christ follower that Paul has as a missionary is that he's looking at like, what are the idols here? And he's noticing this pluralistic, pantheistic kind of a idol-worshiping culture. It's not monotheistic, singular God-worshiping, it's many gods. And he sees an inscription. If you remember the story in Acts 17, he sees an inscription made out to what? To an unknown God. And so because he's seeing this and his influence is to try to be planting the seed of the gospel wherever he goes, he's invited then to a place later called Mars Hill. And this place there is filled with Stoics and Epicureans, these philosophers of their day, influential people of the city and they talk about the trends of the culture and so he's invited into this setting and what does he do there he takes what he sees in culture and he says hey what you have inscripted on an on, a, on an inscription called an unknown god i want to make known to you i want to take this and i want to present this unknown god to you as jesus the christ the only god and some were like perplexed and they wanted to hear Paul some more. Others were just like opposed, like this guy's a crazy man, like there is no such thing as just a one God system. Others were actually impacted to the heart and were saved. And people followed and a church began to form and God brought that to them. And that's the thing about what church like ours has the privilege of doing in a culture like South Nashville and Middle Tennessee that has a lot of influence and eclectic thinking is that we can be able to be a city on a hill in a culture that needs to hear the gospel again and again it's not just an old message it's a relevant message friends 
And the new year, if there's something that we need to be hooking onto as a church, it's our presentation and our ministry of that gospel. Because we want to see that advance and that's the way we want to be used as Christ followers. So much of the tone of this letter is the gospel's revelation in Paul's ministry, especially in some of the setbacks and the sufferings. I mean, Paul suffered a bit, shipwrecked and beat and all these other things that he highlights in some of his, uh, you know, his resume, if you will. But yet, the whole time he's saying the authority of his calling is from God, not himself. Like God has appointed him to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And in this room, I'd imagine that it's probably full of Gentiles just in this room right now, that we're not necessarily Jewish Christians here but were people that are not Jewish that are Gentiles that have been impacted by the gospel over the last 2,000 plus years. And so this transformation of this story is continuing and Paul is just giving us a means to be able to do this, this transformation message and it's made possible only through the reconciling work of the cross. This is where it comes to a head. You know, because people can, and listen, I, I've met several folks over the years of ministry time, they're looking for ways to try to reconcile their lives. They want to maybe atone for the things that they've done. But what the gospel does and it presents for us in this year that is going to be something we can present again in the new year and that you can be a participant in is that really there's only one way, right? And John says that there's only one way, there's one truth, and there's one life, and it's found in who? Christ Jesus. And we want to proclaim that. We want that to be a ministry that our church continues to walk in and, un and unfold. So this morning, I want to dig around this passage a little bit more. So as we go back to it, let's go back to verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. Behold, the, the old has passed away, and the new has come. It's a, not just a restorative verse, like as if you're like a car that needed to be restored inside of like uh, a garage that you're working on. This in Christ, if you're a Christ follower, is a complete done thing for you. Like when Christ had come to save you, he completely saves you. It's ours to be able to learn the power of that gospel. In fact, Romans, Paul writes this in Romans, he says, He's not ashamed of this gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This is an action step of the gospel's passion to shape our lives in timeless transformation. And this word therefore means that we've gotta go therefore, we gotta go before it a little bit. So if you have your Bibles, what's interesting is it's, put into a whole ministry of reconciliation. And, and when I say reconciliation, you're gonna get the Greek in that in a second, but it's not just a ministry that somebody like Pastor Steve or Pastor Eric or Kelly or even any of our deacons we do for you. It's a ministry if you're a Christ follower that you get to do as well. And there's means to doing that. I mean, even the, the scriptures that Jesus has given us in Matthew's gospel, chapter 18, is a, is a means to being able to try to reconcile yourself with somebody that you're not in community with. And it's not even about just trying to be in community with somebody, it's a personalizing the gospel for you. Like, are you out of step with Jesus? And if so, he's wanting to call you back to himself so that you could be reconciled to him. 
So he goes on further in, uh, earlier in the passage and he says that we're always of good courage and then he talks about us not losing heart in chapter four, verse 16, so that this outer self that we know is wasting away. We know this as you get older, you just realize that things start kind of getting a little more broken down, right? I was talking to a friend earlier and I said, man, I, there's a scripture piece and I said it's uh, in Corinthians and it talks about the body being like a tent, Right? How many of you guys like camping? I, I like camping. We need to go. We used to go a lot. Um, but tents are interesting. They're, they're fabric that then over time they can co be compromised and they can have holes. And then all of a sudden you get a little bit of a rain. You're like, oh, that tent is not very good. We've got to patch that up. And our bodies and our lives can feel like that over time, right? Over, the, over just the strain of doing life the struggle of doing life, that man, life can feel like a tent. But here's the good news. The good news is that God, with his hands, he's making something more glorious for you and I. He's making a place in heaven for you and I. But it's not just being heavenly minded and no earthly good. He's wanting to reconcile us from this place to that place. He's wanting to say that even though we might be wasting away in our inner self, we're being renewed day by day. Why? It's because as a Christ follower, I have a view, I have a view of heaven in mind. I have a view of eternity. I have a view of what Christ is gonna be. I have actually an advanced look to a new life, a new creation that'll be fully consummated at the time when I meet Jesus. So good, right? And that brings me great hope when I'm in times of physical struggle, mental anguish, spiritual unrest and I can look at passages like this and I can see that yeah God is not wasting time even though I groan it says in chapter 2 or in chapter 5 verse 2 and I long to put on this heavenly dwelling I'm not I'm not clothed with nakedness I'm going to be clothed with glory the glory that comes only from God and so Paul then paints this picture as we do this this opportunity of reconciling work for him in this new year he says that we can work forward in this glorious state bringing God the glory I love 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31 that whatever you do it says whether you eat drink whatever you do you do all for the glory of God do you realize that that's your life's work as a Christian, that when you go into the new year, when you go into the job on Tuesday, or when you go back to school later this week or next week, or whatever you're gonna go do, that you get to bring your life to bear so that God gets the glory and it's gonna be for your good? I mean, to be able to walk in that and to be able to see that that's part of your reconciled work that's in Christ. And then just in this passage, there's a couple uh, Greek words that I, and I like the Greek, I like, I, I got slayed in seminary by it, but I like the Greek, it's so good to be able to see it. But there's two words that I wanna give you that I'll put up on the screen for you. The word, first word is uh, genomai. And genomai, it appears like about, I don't know, 670 something plus times in the New Testament. And it's this word that comes into existence to be, to become, to be made into. And it presents this application of future results. And so as a Christ follower, what was neat, and what I thought was at first what I was to be as a Christian, I was just to kind of say a prayer, and then poof, I'm a Christian. There was a process to me becoming 
the Christ follower. Yes, everything was inside of me that Christ was putting in me for salvation, but then it was my life in him that needed to be worked out. As Paul would say, I need to work out that salvation with the fear and trembling of God. And so this is what I'm looking at when I'm looking at passages like this, that I'm to become, I'm constantly looking at this. And how do I look at that? I look at that through his word. I look at that through this context of like, is my life being uh, applied to our usefulness? When, when Steve read the, the text message from Darnell and our church has welcomed a local law enforcement officer in the way that he felt that that transformation work, that reconciled work, is true of our church, right? When people are that way, are we not just talking the gospel, we're living the gospel. We're applying the gospel in our daily lives. The second word in there is katalasso, and it's the word reconcile, and it means to return to favor or to change. It's also a word that sometimes, those of you who are into the numbers of things, it could be a, a balancing of accounts. Like you're basically getting it even, and if you see the narrative of the scriptures, the narrative of the scriptures is that you're spiritually bankrupt, that there's nothing you can do to ultimately save yourself, and that only God in his glorious plan through sending Christ in this Advent season and then ultimately what we're gonna come around the corner in the springtime celebrating the resurrection, the cross, these events for us in human history become the, the benchmarks, really, of a reconciled work that humanity needs, that humanity can't do on its own. We try, man, we try, but we fail, and some of you may be still trying, and I would want you to say, you need to stop. Honestly, you just gotta stop doing that, and you need to submit your life into Christ and let his reconciling work work for you not you try to work yourself into him. Let him work himself into you. And, and this word, this word is, is so imperative to Paul. It's only used six times in the New Testament, you guys. And three of them is right here in this passage. And it's not indicative. It's not like, hey, it's a suggestion. You know, Kelly, I suggest that you would be reconciled. No, if you heard the, the tone of Paul when he was talking at the end of that passage in 21, he says, be reconciled to me. Come to me, there's no other way. And so I would implore you on that. I would say that as you're looking at that, like is this a passage where you're like, well, I don't know if that's all me, but I would say that in note of that, we are to be reconciled with Christ because it's both a ministry and a message. If you look further in the text, you see down here in verses 18 and 19, that this is a ministry that was given to Paul, but not just to Paul, but to you and I. It was given to Sunset Hills. And it was not just a message that was given to Paul, it was given to us here in the 21st century. It's a message that we want to continue to proclaim. We want to be able to continue to see the plan of salvation. Let me, let me match this. Because sometimes when you look at the scriptures, you're like, well, where else can the Bible answer the Bible? So go to Romans with me. If you have your Bibles, open it to Romans chapter five. And you're gonna see Paul talking more about this reconciling work of Christ and how that's changed everything for people like you and me. For while we were still weak, Paul says, verse six, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Question, who's the ungodly? 
Well, that would be everybody who's apart from Christ, not in Christ. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But what does God do? He shows his love for us, and while that we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. This sounds a bit harsh, but this is the truth. God's wrath will always rest upon the unredeemed. God's wrath will always rest upon the unregenerate. What do I mean by that? Basically, you have to be spiritually born of God to not be then, therefore, under the wrath of God. How in the world does that work, you say? That only works when Jesus effectively and effectually calls you to himself and you yield, you submit, you repent, and you believe. That's what the whole narrative of John's Gospel, chapter three, was when Jesus approached Nicodemus. Do you think Nicodemus was a slouch when it came to the law? Absolutely not. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was the trainer. He was the, he was the man when it came to just pharisaical thought and, 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 and teaching. And as Nicodemus is coming to him at night, of course, because he's afraid of his own peers, Jesus beautifully and wonderfully tells him what? He says, you must be born of the flesh. So naturally, you're gonna be born. You're gonna have a mom and a dad, and you know the biology. But you must be born of the Spirit. This, my friends, is the reconciling work that only God can do through the Son to you. This is what must be both a ministry and a message that has to be continued to be proclaimed by a church like ours in the new year. If it won't be, then we shouldn't be a church anymore. We should wrap it up and finish not being here. But because it is our ministry and it is our message, then we can look forward to the new year with expectation and excitement and pray into it for more people to receive that, for more people to be transformed by that. Because spiritual life is essential and it's God who brings it forth. He breathes it in. I, I, I'm telling you what, there's so many messages previous that I wish I could go back and undo because I used to preach like hey salvation is like a, a life preserver where you just throw it out there and then you go ahead and you swim for it and you grab a hold and you paddle a little bit and you get on board no no I was spiritually dead friends you were once very spiritually dead you were at the bottom of the ocean no capacity no way, no means, no opportunity. And only by the good grace of God and his powerful strength, the power of the gospel, he reaches down there, he picks you up, and he puts new life in you. He puts a spirit that was dead, and he brings it to life, a new creature, a new creation. That should excite you for the new year. Should excite you for the new year. It should be something you're going, I'm stoked for that. I want more of that. I want to live like that in Christ. I want to live before others that I'm a changed person, a new creature for other people. If not, then what are you doing with your Christian faith? So he's bringing you to life. He gives us then ministries of reconciliation. He gives us a message of reconciliation. And he gives us an opportunity to see this all played out. 
Now, let's get to a place where, again, the big idea is the ministry and the message of Christ transforms your life into a new creation. Let's get on the basis. Let's get on the basis for a minute. Let's talk about some applications. First thing is, I, I want to talk to you about repenting and believing. Repenting and believing. One of my favorite little verses and one of my favorite books in the Bible in the New Testament is, is the three letters of John, especially the first one. And I'll, I want to read that in a second, but I, I want to I highlight that this is so important. Uh, Vodi Bauckham had said this one time, and I followed it on a, on a little thread. Couldn't, couldn't just like it enough. I mean, it was amazing. He was like being saying that obedience is not what is required in your salvation. You know what is? It's your repentance and your belief. It's your repentance. It's your admittance of saying that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. And this passage is calling you to do that. And maybe the reconciling work for you this morning is not to be saved, but to be reconciled because you need to repent. Perhaps maybe you've been in just some sin that's just continuously kind of at your heels, getting after you all the time, and you need to let it go, you need to get it dropped, you need to give Jesus your life, you need to stop, you need to turn from that, you need to go the other way. And today, this morning, we're gonna have an opportunity for that. It's not about just me talking to you and teaching something, it's about a response for you as well. And like this altar will become that for you. This place will become that. Your chairs can become that. Don't walk out of here and go, you know what, I'm gonna deal with the repentance thing later. No, deal with it now if the Spirit is pushing on you to say, you gotta get rid of that. We'll have people here to pray with you. Uh, Alvin and Kathy Jones are gonna be here. Pastor Steve's here, I'm here. We wanna pray with you and seek that you're free from that. To repent and to believe is to be in the place of reconciled work of the gospel. It's to be used for God. And it says if we have, say we have fellowship with God and him uh, and we walk in darkness, we lie. We don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth's not even in us. But if we confess our sin, he, that is Jesus, that is God, he is faithful and he's just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. What a great place of standing. Like not being ashamed and living under that shame, but being free and being able to live in the freedom of Christ. Not to be yoked with that, that sin that Paul would talk about in Galatians chapter five, verse one, to be transformed and set free. So repent and believe is an action step in reconciliation. The second thing is to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, verses one and two says, I appeal to you therefore, Paul says, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world anymore, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and is perfect, or some verses would say pleasing. This change is like a metamorphosis. That word actually transform is a Greek word metamorphosis. And it's something you can see in nature, right? You can see it from the, the worm, getting up into the cocoon, and then just all of a sudden what emerges? This beautiful butterfly. 
And that's what God is doing with our Christian faith. He's causing us to be emerging, not for the beauty that is for us alone, but the beauty of the gospel that's within inside of us. And to be able to present that, not for ourselves, but for his glory, so that it would draw men and women to him. It would be a story of saying, hey, I, I'm messed up, but man, I'm so grateful for a God who will love a sinner like me who will take a, a wretch of a person like me and transform me into a useful vessel for him to become a son, to become a daughter. That's an act of God. And this transformation, this renewal, it takes intentionality. And, and it's something I really want our church to actually learn. And so in the new year, I'm gonna be looking after probably the men's and the women's study, a series on Wednesday night called How People Change by Paul David Tripp. And I'll be facilitating and probably leading that. It's gonna be eight to 10 weeks. I hope that you'll look forward in trying to make some of your schedule fit for that. I mean, we have great children's and youth ministries. If you've got kids, there's no reason that you shouldn't bring them and that you come for an hour or so and we hang out on how to change, how people change, how the gospel changes everything in your life. And learn, be taught and be discipled in that way. Another way is just practically, and I think it was said earlier, like some things that you want to do, whether it's writing a Bible study, memorizing scripture some more, just being in your Bible. So if you do me a favor, uh, would you hold up a hand like this, left or right hand? One of our members only has one. <laughs> I love that man. So in your hand, typically most of you, unless you're in some sort of bandsaw accident, you have five fingers, right? So let me give you five fingers of remembrance when it comes to God's word. Number one, number one, listen to the word. Just like you would if Pastor Steve is preaching week in and week out or I'm teaching now, listen to the word of God taught. I mean, man, there's so many great ways to hear that even throughout the week too, right? Like to be able to hear it well. Some of the guys I like to listen to are guys like Tim Keller, John Piper, a uh, friend of mine, Matt Chandler. I, I listen to just uh, some older guys, and one of the ways I like to just listen sometimes is C.H. Spurgeon. He's one of, my, one of my faves. and So I love to listen to God's word preached or to be taught. A second way is to read God's word. And my question to you is this, is like, how good are you doing at that? And I'm not trying to guilt you, okay? I'm not here to like, oh, I knew it, I knew it, got you. No, I just want you to see that reading God's word is so beneficial. And so even for me, tomorrow, I'm gonna to start a chronological reading of God's word on how the word was put together and arranged from Genesis to Revelation in a chronological order and to read the Bible in a year that way. And there's great resources online. One of the ones I use is Ligonier. And you can go to Ligonier.org and you can see several different types. Your cell phone sometimes carries those Bible application reading plans. I would say get into that. Maybe this for you, it's like, man, I just wanna read the New Testament. There's New Testament reading plans. I can help you with that. I've got some that I've written, not because I've done it myself, I've just stolen it from other people who've done it. So read God's word, listen to God's word. Another thing is to be able to, um, to meditate on God's word. This is a hard one. <laughs> this is a hard one, and you know why it's hard? It's because of this, sometimes. Man, if you talked about a resolution, be maybe spending a little bit less time just spending time on this and all of the things that it can trap you with 
and being able to redeem that time by being able to be in something like this, the word of God. And so I would say just be able to get into meditating, giving yourself some space. My wife and I were so different and it's amazing that, um, that God put us together and I'm so thankful for her and, and everything, it's awesome. I don't know why I get choked up on that. It's so, so weird, that just happened. Um, but what's neat about us is like I'm usually like to be a morning guy. And, and then my wife, she's, she's not so much a morning guy or gal. She's more of an evening person. And so what fits for you is really the rhythm of your life, but to be able to create some space in your life so that you can think upon the word of God. To be able to have that moment, maybe it is in the morning for you, where you're sitting in that chair in that place in your house, or you know whatever that looks like, and you're thinking about what you just read. It was, uh, what was it, yesterday, sweetheart? Um, you're like, hey, what are you thinking about? And I'd gotten up and I'd gotten some coffee and I was coming back into the bedroom and, and she was just waking up and, and I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm just thinking about what I read in Proverbs. I'm meditating on that for a minute. So insightful, some of those verses there. And that's another way to just see that the reconciled, transforming work of the Bible is seeping into you when you... Don't just rush through it, but you, you give yourself margin. Please give yourself margin this new year with God's word for meditating on it. Another one that was said earlier, I think it was my friend Jamil right here, memorize God's word. What a key piece. Psalm 119.11 says, I've stored up your word in my heart so that I might sin against you. I mean, it's such a foundational application for us. It's also just the word that's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And to be able to memorize it gives you opportunity that when you're being attacked, thoughts, sins, actions, intentions, motivations, emotions, you can be able to recall God's word and bring it forward into those conversations, those thinkings, those doings, and it can become a place of safety, a place of refuge, a place of correction. And then finally, and this is the last one on this hand, and then we'll get to the third point here for a second, is share it. You know, God's word is not just meant to be personalized for you alone. It's to be proclaimed. Remember, Paul talks about this as a reconciled work that's a message. It's to be able to be able to speak it into other people's lives. Here's a helpful thing. How many of you guys have... um, just normal coffee conversations with some friends or you go to work and stuff. One of the things that my, my father-in-law used to teach me, he would say, hey, when you're talking, sometimes just be able to let them know how God is working in your life. So some ways that God is working in my life are some things I'm learning about God are these things. You're, you can literally share then scripture with a friend that doesn't even know the Lord because they're respecting you as a friend, but then you're gonna tell them about what you're learning from God from his word by just being able to share the word in a very natural setting of conversation, not shoving a Bible down their throat. That's kind of cool. And that's a proclamation stance that you can have for that means. And then the last thing is pursue missional community. Um, One of the things that Alvin and I have been working through um, at the end of this year was how to put together some training. And one of the things we're gonna look at is probably using this thing called the three circles. 
I think my son Jacob has gone through that as a training resource and um, if you're interested in knowing about it he's here this morning you can talk to him it's it was helpful at the church he attends at West Franklin and um, the three circles is just one of the many opportunities to teach you how to be able to share your faith everyday conversations turn them into gospel conversations and so we want to be able to provide that kind of training for our church so that our church is equipped to be able to have those kind of conversations in community because again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19 tell us that this new life that's in Christ, it's not a private matter. Christ reconciled us, do you see the pronoun here, to himself and us to the ministry of reconciliation. He's entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. So this missional community idea is that you don't do Christianity by yourself. You don't. And you come here to church on Sunday morning, I would say one of the things I'm gonna challenge you as a pastor is if you just come to church on Sunday mornings and you're missing some of our intimate time of, of community at nine o'clock, you need to look into that. We have some great studies that are going on at the nine o'clock hour. We have some great smaller groups that you can become intimate and friends with. I'm so proud of our women's ministry here and what's going on, man, if you were at the clipboard down there, several clipboards on our connect table, it's just filling up with those women's studies. Just ways to continue to pursue community together, to pursue reconciling community together in a missional way. John Piper says this as we kind of take it home. God's reconciliation came down through Jesus. Our rejoicing goes up through Jesus his love satisfies us, and our joy glorifies him. Is the joy of Christ from his reconciled work to you bringing satisfaction to both you and to him? Is it a satisfying work that's happening in your life? Because as you reflect in this New Year's Eve, as you do what you're gonna do this New Year's Eve with your friends and family, you can reflect upon the fact that the reconciling work then projects us into the new year of being able to just do this ministry together. If then we've been raised with Christ, we should seek things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Jesus Christ. Friends, when we get to doing this reconciled work of Jesus together, when we get to repent and continue to repent and to believe, when we get to be able to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, we get to be a part of a ministry that was a part of Paul's calling. You realize how important that is? Well, I'm not as important as Paul. Yes, you are. Your life matters to the Lord. It matters to you that you should be accountable to him for the things that he's gifted you with and the ways that he's called your life and the people that he, he's associated you with. And I would just say in the new year, make this ministry of reconciliation your ministry. Make the message of reconciliation your message. Learn to grow in those. Walk in those. Let it transform you from the inside out. And then let's see the results of what God's gonna do with our church in the new year. Let's see how God is gonna transform our church into being that city or that light on the, in the city on a hill. And then we'll be able to celebrate maybe at the end of our next year with just glorious stories and narratives and testimonies, much like what Pastor had read with our law enforcement officer, Darnell Chapman. 
Let's pray, and then we'll continue to worship. Please know that this altar will be made available for you to respond in. Pastor's here, I'm here. Um, we wanna welcome you um, for whatever the things that are struggling on in, in your life or the celebrations. Um, but yeah, just thank you for listening this morning. Father God, just thank you so much for, for just giving us a chance to be reconciled to you. You know, I think about myself, Lord, at times, and there was, there's really nothing that ultimately I could do. Yeah, there's, there's things that I would like to have thought I could have done to make that a, a happened process, but it was only in Jesus. And I'm so thankful for that alone that it's in Christ alone, that that, that salvation that now is, is mine to work out and to live in uh, reconciles my own heart. Like it reconciles the heart that sometimes just gets wayward and, and forgetful. And so Lord, just thank you so much for forgiving me, but also for calling me back to just walk in your light, not in the darkness. Help me to constantly be in that light. Help us as followers of Christ be that together with one another, to be in the light as you are in the light. And Lord, thank you so much for just your opportunity to lean into the, the person maybe in this room that uh, could use the reconciled work of Jesus for the very first time, where they would come to just say, yeah, I'm, I'm undone, I, need, I just need, I need to follow Christ. And then let our church be able to, Lord, make a disciple, to be able to walk alongside of them and, and, and help encourage them to follow after you. And God, give us the boldness and the courage in this new year to be a ministry of reconciliation over testimonies that was shared earlier in our service, as well as over the message of reconciliation that can just reverberate all throughout Tennessee and all throughout the world. We love you. We thank you for this because it's all for your glory and it's for our good, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to
Father God, I just want to thank you so much for the invitation that you constantly bring to us, Lord. It just reminds me of how merciful you are to us. And Lord, may we never take that for granted. May we just continue to walk in that grace in such a way that we want to proclaim it from the rooftops of our hearts. And Lord, just may we be able to just come to you freely knowing that we can ask for your forgiveness and Lord that we would also know that you have equipped us to be able to turn from the sin that's in our life so that we can walk with you closely Lord in this new year that's now approaching us may we as a people here at Sunset Hills be able to continue to live the ministry of reconciliation, not just with one another, but with ourselves. And then that we would also have the boldness and the courage through the love of Christ to reverberate that message of reconciliation to the culture that we live around. And Lord, may this be a place that you would just continue to grow and we pray for more people to be able to come and be saved and baptized in following Christ in this new year that we would just see a revival of sorts in our own church and that we would be available people, Lord, for you. Forgive us, God, if we haven't been. And we love you and we, we thank you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for what this day will hold and we really do thank you for what the new year will become for us. In Christ's name. Amen. Be seated for just a moment. I want to take just a couple of minutes, share just a couple of things with you. Then uh, we're going to turn things back over to uh, Eric, and he's going to share a little bit about a mission trip. So uh, as you shared before, our ladies are just knocking it out of the park, signing up for women's Bible study. There's several different opportunities. There's Tuesdays at 7, Wednesdays at 1, Wednesdays at 6. Uh, Wednesdays at 6, that was there for uh, if you're here and you just need some child care. Um, we don't just provide child care. We, our children's ministry is vibrant and amazing, and Courtney's doing a great job. And um, so not only will your children be cared for, but they'll be uh, taught the truth and, and, and the Word of God. Um, and uh, so if you haven't signed up, there's still time. Sign up. Uh, Lynn will definitely uh, get your book to you. Um, she'll give you the information on that, so feel free to ask. Also, do want to remind you that men's ministry, a brand new study is starting. This first run is going to be a five-week run, so it gives you kind of an opportunity to get your feet wet, see how you like it, um, and that starts on the 9th of January. January 9th, 7 o'clock, it's every Tuesday evening for those five weeks, and they're going to be in the book of Romans, so it's exciting. I, I tell you, use the word revival in your prayer. Um, that's my word this year. I have a, Every year I have a word, and I just feel like God... Um, I just feel like 24 is going to be a breakthrough year for us. God's doing some really awesome things here in this ministry. And um, I just believe that uh, not only are we going to see more seats filled, but more lives transformed. And that's my prayer for 24. So one of the ways that we're doing that is we're being on missions. And you and Daniel, you all went to, uh, um, come on up and talk about Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, bro. Um, yeah, we did Rogersville. Daniel, where are you at? Come on up, dude. Um, can we get him a mic? Yeah, thanks, man. Um, and do we have like some of the pictures? You can just roll them and scroll them as you, as you want to. But yeah, this was our missions journey to Rogersville, Tennessee that he and I went on. 
Um, there's Daniel, of course, right there um, on the street of this postcard town out in eastern Tennessee in Hawkins County, uh, one of the poorest counties in the state of Tennessee, right? And so the needs are great, uh, but the place is beautiful, and we were so well-received, and it was awesome. Uh, there's some of the team members on the left, and, and then uh, the two ladies that I was standing next to, they're the organizers of this trip, and they're just amazing organizers. And then um, what do we got? Uh, that was kind of the room before people would arrive, and then when we would do the parties, right, there would be a bunch of people in this thing. And I'll let Daniel explain a little bit about the parties in a second. Um, let's roll through. Yeah, that was one of the families that we actually helped, uh, where I'm standing with them, a single mom and her three kids. Uh, and then we went on home visits, and uh, there, was, there was a couple great stories uh, of just being able to be with these folks and encourage them in the community. Um, and then there's the kind of a final shot. You see Daniel right there waiting for his food anxiously, right? Um, just chilling at the table with all these wonderful folks in Rogersville. Um, and thank you for your support, your prayers, your encouragement, your gifts, um, uh, the means of being able to get socks and what else do we bring? There's so much stuff, dude. Uh, there's a ton of stuff. And we would hope, he and I would hope that if you can create some margin your next year, um, it's going to be the same, about the same time, but it'll actually not be on a Wednesday. It'll be actually like a Friday, Saturday, or a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So it'll be maybe a little more helpful to families and stuff. But um, yeah, so what did, you, what did you take away from the trip? Um, mostly just the fact that I've been on a couple, mis three mission trips, um, two to Alaska and one to Rogersville. The fact that we don't have to go far to um, just be there for people and spread the word. Sometimes those people are even in our own backyard. Um, and just being able to help those and spread the word um, to those who are unfortunate than us. Yeah. So. And uh, what was maybe one cool event, story, experience for you personally? If you can think of one. I know I just put you on the spot, bro. I'm sorry. I have to decide between... Um, paying for a lady's uh, groceries, and when we were doing the home visits, um, the other one would be um, us just putting up uh, an elderly woman's uh, Christmas tree because her um, caregiver, her yeah. um, cousin, um, wasn't there to um, put that up. And just that small act of kindness, um, I know meant a lot for that um, older woman. Yeah, yeah, and there was lots of little moments like that that were just sort of like, God ordained like it wasn't a setup like we tried to manufacture that it was just done and it was so cool hanging out with Daniel and I'm telling you this guy needs to be on a pit crew for NASCAR because my van blew a tire on I-40 just outside of Knoxville and if you know that stretch of road it's it's precarious right and we pulled off and we had very little room on the emergency lane and I'm like Man, I don't know how we're going to get around. And Daniel's just like, let's go. And he just jumps in. He's getting a tire. He's over there just wrenching this thing up. And semis are like coming right next to his head. I'm like, dude, he's going to die. And, you know, <laughs> and it was so cool. So that was my moment was just seeing you do that. But I thank you for going, man. It was awesome. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Pastor Steve, I'll take this from you. Yeah, you can have that. So you were sacrificing Daniel? Thank you again for being here this morning. I, I just, a couple of reminders. Today is the last year, the last week, last day in the year. If you still 
want to give to our church. Today is the last day that you can count it on this year's taxes. People often ask me, well, I, I, they've been coming here for a period of while, and they said, well, I don't know where to drop my offering at. Well, there are two boxes at the very back back there, uh, and they are just sitting on tables, and that's where you put your offering. We don't pass the plate any longer. You just drop your offering in there. You can give online that way. You can give it to uh, one of our deacons. If you don't know who they are, just look for the ugly guys, and you'll find them. And you can give them their offering, and they can make sure it gets in the right place. But anyway, the other thing I want to remind you of is um, uh, today also, if you haven't given to our Lottie Moon Christmas offering, talking about missions, this is uh, the international mission that uh, Southern Baptists have done for many, many years. And the post office is set up out there with the boxes with all the cards. Check your cards. Check the boxes. See if you have any cards. And if you uh, would like to donate, in fact, you don't have to have uh, sent out Christmas cards through our local post office. You can donate just straight to the International Mission Board to uh, Lottie Moon through the, uh, just by writing a check and giving it today as well. And so we encourage you to check your boxes to get the cards. We're going to be taking Christmas decorations down. How many of you already got your Christmas decorations down at your house? Look at this. It's amazing. It's like the next day you're done. Amy, Amy always sets up. Like how many, how many trees did you set up this year? Six or seven. And they were, were they down by Christmas night? That's the way she does things. We're a little slower than that, but we are going to take Christmas decorations down this week on Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, let's do it Wednesday. If you'd like to come and help us on Wednesday, we will do it starting at 9 o'clock on Wednesday if you'd like to come and help us out. We would appreciate it. You ready to go home? This time, stand up, please. Uh, go ahead and say, Happy New Year. See you. Have a great week. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of her pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member, to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and uh, do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.